you know, I'm not in a situation where I feel like I'm a victim anymore. I'm a survivor. Welcome to You Should Write a Book About That. I'm Kim O'Hara, a book coach with a story inside, and I'm interviewing fascinating people from all walks of life with a story to tell. Do these folks have a best-selling book in them? Stick around and find out. Tammy D'Onofrio is the creator of Fit Chick Granola. She sent me some. It was amazing. And she has it on shelves in major supermarkets. Never mind, she's incredibly fit and in a great marriage with a smoking hot guy. But every story has a journey, and it has not been an easy road to get to the place where she's in today. She grew up in the Midwest with overweight, smoking parents, and has survived sexual abuse. We're going to talk today about how she found her own identity and created a beautiful and entrepreneurial life. Love, love, love having you here today, Tammy. Oh, Kim, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored, absolutely honored. So a common theme that comes up with the courageous women I have on my show is that they feel like they don't belong to the families they were raised in, like they were sort of looking into this crazy dynamic from the outside. Does that resonate with you? 100%. I um I definitely am the black sheep. I don't I don't have a place really. And what was that like when you I think what we we talked earlier you said you felt like a loser, right? Because there wasn't any identification that you had within your family of origin. Yeah, I think I think what the, you know, for me loser, when I say I feel like a loser, that's just I felt invisible. Like I didn't matter. And, you know, I think that's also a, a product of, um, you know, really young parents. I mean, my mom had me when she was 21 years old and there was five of us kids. There wasn't a lot of money. You know, there's a huge amount of stress. So it was kind of like more like shuffling people around. And I just I, I just I felt like I I was invisible. And that kind of permeated through my life in terms of like dating and jobs and just, you know, how how I would conduct myself, which was basically not really with intention, you know, up until, you know, probably in the last decade till I really got a hold of like who I am and the fact that I'm anything but a loser. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I, and, and I think that like we have these objectives when we go out, we, we are raised without any guidance and then our basic, you know, slogan is just get it done. Like, just get, don't waste time. Just like make it happen. Right. <laughs> but it oozes into other areas of our life. And I know, um, and, and, and this could be for a variety of reasons, possibly the abuse trauma, possibly family of origin, but you manifested some codependent relationships with abusive men. What was that like when you were in it and looking back now? What would you say to women that are in that space? Um, so first of all, I, I give, I, I try to be really compassionate with myself when I look back because, you know, at the time I really didn't see it. I just, I, I, I wanted to, I, I just wanted to be noticed and seen. And, and sometimes when I would feel invisible, those tend to be the relationships that I wanted to be in. Like, oh, look at me, see me, you know? And so I was very childlike in a lot of those relationships, you know? And I, I, I would stick around and I would put up with stuff like, you know, verbal abuse, you know, 
pushing, shoving, belittling, um, stalking, following, harassing, accusing me of anything and everything of cheating and just, just horrific sort of things I would subject myself to thinking like, okay, maybe I'm a loser. I guess I, I guess I deserve this. I deserve this. I deserve this, you know? So, and you know, a lot of really awful relationships. Finally, I just came one day. I literally just clicked. I was like, no, <laughs> that's and it. I, Enough. <laughs> right. It is that moment, right. It is that moment where like, we're like, oh, I'm kind of done doing that. I'm not going to do that anymore. You know, and what I love about what you were saying is this whole invisibility piece. It's like, at least you were seen by these crazy people. Like, you know what I mean? Like going back to, <laughs> and, and then there's that moment where we're like, wait, maybe I could be seen in a different way. Right. Well, you know, when you, well, my understanding is you just keep going back and reliving this sort of idea of what you think love and connection is from your family of origin, you know? And so, you know, like my dad, we don't, we don't have a close relationship, you know, and I, I, of course I love him and I respect him. I want the best for him, but you know, I don't think he's ever seen me, you know? And so I would always, be like, oh, you know, look at me. And I, like, I was just like a little kid. And then I, I decided one day, I think I was just thinking like, how would I want, how would I want my daughter to react to this type of treatment and this type of behavior? And that's when the light bulb switched. Oh no, there is no way my daughter is going to be raised to put up with anything like this. Yes, we can credit motherhood for a lot of our inspiration <laughs> to raise our self-esteem. It's like we couldn't 100% do it for ourselves, but now we have this, you know, beautiful creature in our lives that we can do better with than the pre previous generation. But you had a grandmother who was a shining hope for you. And, you know, if it wasn't for her, you might still be like, you know, you might have some baby daddies in a trailer park. What's that wisdom <laughs> she shared with you? Well, first of all, she was a trailblazer in every single way. First of all, she was an entrepreneur in the 1950s. Wow. She started her own real, she started her own real estate firm. She was a single mom also in the 1950s. And she just decided I'm going to do it this way. This is how I'm going to do it. You know, and I, and I would watch her um, how she conducted herself. And she was definitely not the norm because she was nothing like any of the other women that I've seen that I saw, you know, growing up there, are, you know, women are just, we've come light years, you know, we, we are definitely, um, I guess becoming more equal, how people see us, how men see us, you know, you know, there's less misogyny, all of that. So, um, she, she would do things like, yes, of course she would eat healthy, and she would exercise like she was always like, you have to move your body. You have to take care of yourself. And she would always just say, you don't need a man to take care of you. You can do it all on your own. You know, so I, she she is so with me every single day and everything I do. And just I would never have thought to start my own business had it not been for her wisdom, me seeing her day in, day out. I mean, she was an incredibly successful person. She was also very loving and kind, but she was also very, very hard on me. So why granola? <laughs> um, gosh, why not? Um, no. <laughs> I mean, so, it's a great product. <laughs> why not, right? 
um, I kind of became obsessed with it because I saw granola was typically supposed to be healthy. And somehow the processed food industry has created this unhealthy product. And I love the idea of it. I love the, I love, you know, it's a, you know, nuts and seeds and all kinds of, you know, good, healthy stuff. And, you know, there was, there's basically like, if you go to the grocery store on the shelf, it's sugar. Almost everything has tons of sugar in it. And I just was creating it in my kitchen just to give to my kids and give it to my clients. And it, it just became such an extraordinary thing. It had a life of its own. And it really was something that we had to just bring to market. And so, you know, day in, day out, I get emails from customers like, oh my gosh, I love your granola. It's the best thing ever. Like, it's like this little cult following almost, you know? So, um, that's pretty much how it started. So necessity, you know, mother, necessity is the mother of invention, right? And I, I'm out of granola, by the way. So send more. No, I'm kidding. But I loved how I loved how I felt after I ate your granola. And it's true when I get the granola from the the bulk bins at like Sprouts, (laughs) and it's this GMO vanilla almond granola. I am like jacked up like I just ate like 12 donuts, right? And you plow through and then you just feel bad. Like you don't feel like you just had you feel like you had a Snickers bar. Like you feel bad, like you feel genuinely bad. And so I'm so, and I saw your product in Gelson's the other day and I was like, so proud of you. I had like, I was like, I wanted to tell someone in the aisle. I was like, Kim, you, you can't own this. Like this isn't yours. But I was like, I know her. Oh, that's so, so I'm awesome. super, I'm, so I'm, I'm just, I'm so impressed, especially when people come from re- resilience and we, we talk about books on this show and you clearly have a lot to share about resilience. You know, this, this story you have of not just becoming an entrepreneur, but having this amazing loving relationship and, you know, being a great mother to your kids. What's, what, what's holding you back from writing the book? We get naked with our stories on this podcast and support women who rise up from trauma to hope and build something. Tammy's fit chick granola is amazing tasty and you don't feel bad getting naked after eating it who doesn't love that you can find granola at fitchickgranola.com and we're giving you as a listener 20% off just enter books as the code at checkout and now back to our amazing guest I still have a lot of work to do in terms of my family of origin. You know, I've, I've done a lot of, uh, forgiveness and moving on with that, but I I have to tell you, I, I, I just, I don't want to hurt people. I, you know, I'm not in a situation where I feel like I'm a victim anymore. I'm a survivor. And sometimes when people talk about abuse and neglect and growing up in a really shitty environment, you know, I, I just, I, I haven't figured out a way to be able to talk through that. That makes me feel that I'm coming across as someone who is, I, I, I want to motivate people. I don't want them to be like, oh, well, she's a victim. Do you know, I, I'm, I struggle with that, I guess is, is kind of where I'm at with that, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we don't have enough stories, though, where women are telling the truth. I, I think that's like a natural inclination is to go, well, God, do we need another person telling that story? And I and I and I and there is a nuanced way of not just being some like shit show vomit right on yeah. on a book like we don't want to read that. We want something that's nuanced and thought provoking and 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 is 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 written by a change agent. I mean, even if you wrote about you know, being a single mom and trying to like navigate all those dynamics of co-parenting while simultaneously shedding shame, which comes with divorce and starting a business. I mean, don't you think so many women could relate to even just that? Oh gosh, of course. You know, if I have so many women that I've talked, talked with and talked through these horrible, first of all, really scary sort of situations. You know, I, I've been in a situation where I didn't know if I, I I wasn't sure how I was going to feed my kids. You know, it was a really, really, I've had really scary times, you know, and, you know, I just recently saw this statistic that one in three women have been sexually assaulted or abused or molested. So I know that it's, it's prevalent. And whenever I do tell my story, people are like, oh yeah, that happened to me too. So think about that. One in three women, those are women, that's, that's what we know. I mean, think about how many people probably aren't even speaking up about it, let alone them. Let alone and the, the men, men and the yes. men, right? Yes, um, yes, you, you know, and and I think that we've all, we've you and I have both encountered men who have shared with us about their abuse, whether it was you know because people don't don't think that happens. It it does. It happens to men by women. Yeah, there's a there's a different level of shame that that is carried with that for men, and I I would definitely like to bust that wide open. It's you know. Yeah, shed some light on that for sure. I want to go back to the 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 food aspect and you know that really I mean I got very choked up when you you said that there was a time when you didn't know how to feed your children. I mean that really evokes just a deep, you know, primal um fear in me and I'm sure in a mm-hmm. lot of women who have are made have made a decision to go on their own. Um they're not financially supported, but they know they can't stay in the, in the scenario that they're in. But then there are these mouths to feed and, uh, there's a lot of hungry children out there. You know, there's a lot of hungry children in, in this country. I know that you are, uh, you give your time and you give of service to women that are starting businesses. Uh, what are you finding, uh, is one of the biggest hurdles that women have when they are, you know, what mindset wise, when they go to start a business that you, that you work with? Um, that is a great question. And I, this is universal. I, what I have found and to step back, you know, I was a personal trainer for about 15, 15 years and I only trained women and starting their own business, taking care of themselves in a healthy relationship, all of these things really, it's just, there's so much, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I don't deserve it. Mm. There, there's so much, there's fear in it. And, and I, and I, I get that, uh, fear has been on my shoulder most of my life, you know? And so, what I try to, I just try to tell them, Hey, listen, I didn't have any money when I started my business. You just start. I think, I think for every single one that I talk to make, like, I would say one out of eight or nine actually start the business. One out of eight or nine. Wow. 
and let's face it, I would say the majority of them have really great ideas. They're innovative, they're creative, there's just something holding them back. But you know, then I then I had this this one meeting where I was meeting with a banker and she was going to loan me some money for my my company, but she kept she was so obsessed with the idea of starting her own company. The next day she emailed me. She goes, "I quit the bank. I'm starting my own business. Thank you for inspiring me." <laughs> You're like, "Wait, but you are going to give me the loan." <laughs> But I mean, that was, that's such a great story. I like, I love that. Like, I think you know, that's and, amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. See, we don't know who we're touching when we're out there being, you know, vocal with our voices and vocal with what, where, you know, the, the, the resistance that we're pushing through and, you know, your grandmother was, you know, a business owner at a time when women like never could get loads and never had the SBA and never had some of the opportunities that we have before us today. It's just a matter of finding the right mentors, finding the right people to sit down with you. And like you said, getting that fear off your shoulder. Oh, gosh. Well, it it it, it can fuel you also. You know, I, I, you know, my ex-husband said, you can't do it. You can't do it without me. And, and I was scared, you know, I, I, you know, I came from Indiana and now I, here I am in Southern California. I don't know a lot of people. I don't really know what I'm doing. I've never run a business, but I'll figure it out. And you did. Thank you so much for coming on the show and giving us, you know, just a snapshot of your story, which I hope over time will uh, end up in a longer narrative. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I would love to chat some more. You've been listening to You Should Write a Book About That. If you enjoyed our episode, tell a friend to listen, subscribe, and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And a big shout out to our listeners on CastBox, where you can leave a comment and I will personally respond. 